welcome to the Breaking 90 podcast, where we talk about all things sustainable fat loss. We take people on 90-day journeys to creating fat loss forever. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Breaking 90 podcast. I'm here today with my co-host, Kelly Sarlo. We're two of the coaches of Breaking 90 Fitness, and we hope you guys enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Alex, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Um, so we've got big news. We're what? getting a dog, we're getting a dog named Gary. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm excited. We're getting a little puppy, a little chocolate lab. I know you already know this, but the the listeners don't know this yet. So we're getting uh we're getting a new little breaking ninety mascot named Gary. <laughs> I love old man names for dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is that Emerson insists on his middle name being Bob. So it's Gary Bob because he loves the snail Gary from SpongeBob. And that's where the Bob comes from, too. That's really cute. Yeah. Love it. I can only imagine that he'll live up to the character of his name. Probably. Probably. Gary Bob coming soon. Yeah. Post picture <laughs> as soon as you have them. Okay. Yeah, everybody can look forward to that. We should be getting Gary Bob in June. And and do you desire for all of us to say his full name like that? I don't know yet. I haven't decided how it's going to flow. We, we have like uh, a history of giving nicknames to our animals. So I can see him being like GB or Devin thinks Gare Bear might happen. Uh, so it, we'll, we'll see what feels natural with him. Cool. I love it. <laughs> what do you have for us today? Um, I don't know exactly where this is going to go, but it's, it's, uh, setting realistic goals and expectations for summer. So s- similar to something we talked about recently on another podcast, um, just, just briefly, but I want, I want people to, whenever you're thinking about this, give this some consideration. So it's, it's the, the first thing is that we often we often start telling people to consider this several months out because people people thinking about things like this in April and May might be like, oh, I still have time. But people who thinking about this in June and July are like, oh, it's time to make change. Well, the truth is it's not too late to make change, but you, you've, you've missed part of an opportunity by waiting till July to start making your summer changes, obviously. And when, when you listen to this, I know that's a no brainer, but that's what people do. We wait until it's too close to make the changes you want to make. And then we set expectations around our goals that are unrealistic, that lead us into the vicious cycle of roller coasters and binges and blowouts. Um, What are your thoughts? Love it so far in, in all of the coaching that I do, I'm constantly saying to people, you want to be thinking both forwards and backwards. And when I say backwards, if you are planning down the road, then you have the ability to back up until now to figure out what needs to happen. Right. So then we can become better planners. We can be better prepared for everything. So I, I love what you're presenting so far. Yeah. And I don't, I don't have an issue with people starting to make change in July. I'm not saying if you're, if you're listening to this in July and you you're in that mindset, it's great. You you're motivated. You should jump on that. But 
we have to be realistic. So now if we're starting to make changes in July and we want to have drastic change by August, that's not realistic. That's setting yourself up for failure. Um, just as an example, I often have people say, you know what, I'd rather just have a meal plan. I'd rather have a meal plan. I'd rather just know exactly what to eat. Like this, this isn't sustainable behavior. You're, that's only going to work as long as the meal plan's presented to you. You're going to stick to that short term until you get bored or burnt out. So you need to, you need to start uh, working on habits and skills and lifestyle changes that will be sustainable regardless of when you start this journey. So I don't think, I don't think the approach should change. I think the expectations around results need to change to accommodate the approach. Does yeah. that make sense? Absolutely. And and that's also, you know, when you're talking about people making the changes in July and then not necessarily expecting realistic things, this is where people find themselves in an all or nothing mindset. Well, if I can't have the changes that I want now or by the end of August, then I might as well just wait for next summer, right? And right. So be bigger, um, bigger episodes of self-sabotage as well, instead of what you're talking about, healthy, sustainable changes when the motivation hits. Yeah. Yeah. So if we look forward a month and we say one month from now, you could be five pounds lighter. Most people would be like, yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's, that's pretty good. But if we say, or one month from now, you could be five pounds heavier. People are going to be like, oh, that's terrible. I don't want that. Right. But that's what that all or nothing thinking is going to lead to. When you say, oh, screw it, I don't have time to make the impact I want to right now, it's you're gonna you're gonna start getting into that. Well, I'm gonna start fresh in September anyway, so I might as well have this extra, this extra hamburger and fries or this extra drink or these extra cheat days because it doesn't matter because I'm starting fresh after the summer. Um, but you always have to be playing the long game, even even when even when we and we encourage this, even when you go through periods on your journey that you aren't trying to make progress we shouldn't be trying to sabotage our progress yeah we're not encouraging regression we're encouraging progress maintenance progress maintenance progress maintenance those are your two options the the third option of regression or sabotage is going to constantly have you doing this roller coaster that all of you can relate to that you hate that you get frustrated with it's uh, we see it time and time again. Yeah, the last three months have been a bit of a write-off, but I'm ready to get back on track. Well, before you make your plan to get back on track, let's evaluate what those last three months looked like, what happened to those last three months, and how we can prevent that from happening again. Because it's much more important that you stop yourself from going on these these regressions than it is to make faster progress right now. That's great. Um, the so so when you look at your expectations, um, making sure that we're we're setting goals that are realistic, right? We don't we we talk about this. Um, if you've listened to us lots, you've heard me talk about this specifically. But we've got outcome based goals. And then we've got the actions that actually contribute to those goals. So an outcome-based goal is like, I want to lose five pounds by this date. That's that's great to have an outcome you're shooting for, but it's something we don't have control over. So 
saying that I want to lose five pounds is one thing and having that having that as a goal that we we keep our eyesight on we have a timeline around but you don't actually have control over what the scale says we have control over the actions we take consistently so then similar to what kelly was mentioning earlier working our way backwards so what are the what are the actions that are required for me to lose five pounds well i know i'm gonna have to probably move more and eat less and i'm gonna have to improve some of my lifestyle habits is it realistic for me to create the level of sacrifice necessary to improve my nutrition, improve my movement and change my lifestyle habits to lose five pounds? Yes or no? If no, then you're setting yourself up for failure by just being like, yeah, I want to lose five pounds in a month from now. Make sense? Absolutely. Thoughts? I, I love that because when you're talking about our two options about progression or maintenance, then rather than choosing failure with regression, we could actually look at, okay, if it's not realistic to do those three things you just talked about, how can I maintain? What is realistic in terms of maintenance, right? So from those two healthy options, because sometimes it isn't realistic to implement the things that we know we need to change, right? I have a client who is um, taking care of their ailing elderly parent, and they don't have a realistic um, ability to be moving the way that they need to and want to move right now. So we go into this period of maintenance where they can do two or three things consistently um, to not make regression. And if you're listening to this and you're in a period of regression, you haven't failed. You can't actually fail on this journey unless you're unwilling to get back on track. To get back on track, you 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 make a choice with one bite of food or one step or one piece of movement. But it's getting back on track is always only one step away, right? The next bite of food we eat, the next physical choice we make puts us back on track. So you are going to fall off. You're going to have periods of regression and you are going to fall off. And we need to prepare and plan for that. But we shouldn't be actually encouraging these periods we that's what we want to minimize the times when we get into that all or nothing thinking we're like oh well i'll I'll start fresh on monday january 1st september 1st whatever it is that's what we're trying to discourage the unexpected is going to happen sometimes with injuries and illnesses and setbacks and all kinds of things but how quickly you're able to get back on track is going to have a massive impact so encouraging yourself to fall into that behavior where you're like oh well Oh, nothing that that you'll never get to your goal. You're never, ever going to get to your goal. Yep. Um, I, I like the I like the smart acronyms when we when we look at goals, because I think it helps people just frame them. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I enjoy them like specific wouldn't argue that for a second. If people aren't specific about their goals, there's too much ambiguity and we don't do well as a human species, right? There's too much room to sabotage. There's too much room. If it's something is undefinable, we can make all kinds of excuses when ambiguity exists. And I think that's why a lot of people set a goal like the result of five pounds avoid the specificity of how they're going to like what the actual action goal is so that they away with making the excuses right yeah yeah i see we see it all the time when we say um i i hate i shouldn't say hate but i i I don't like when people are like oh yeah i hope i hope to have another really successful week 
like stop hoping for your success yeah right if we if we leave these things up to chance we're probably gonna fail if not this week sooner or later what made you succeed what made it a great week how can we repeat that what are the steps that we need to take to repeat that so um i agree there's there's some flaws in the smart the smart acronym and system but it's it will it will for sure give you a better viewpoint on your goal you should be sitting down and analyzing your goal more than just more than just stating your goal that's yeah. not enough yeah absolutely do you want to go through the smart yeah yeah so specific you already said um the second part of the m is measurable um i know some people use different different letters or different uh words for some of the letters too um but measurable it, it like in a way that we have to we have to be able to quantify it right you, you'll hear me often talk about how we can't manage what we don't measure it's um I, like i like our clients to log weigh-ins because then we can actually measure progress and we're not guessing as we make changes along the way um anything you want to add there yeah i like that the idea i think pardon me let me back up i think for some people measurable can be a scary thing uh -huh. It's uh, weight loss because they think the only measurable component is the scale. And we, we talk a lot about that. There's different ways to measure progress, right? Um, I have a favorite pair of pants. That's what I like using right now. If I can notice how I'm fitting into it or how the, the clothing is fitting on me, that feels way better than a number on the scale. So people have different ways of measuring things. And I think that needs to be embraced. Um, you just need to be clear on what that measurement means to you. And if it has significant enough meaning. I would even encourage you to make your your measurable goal around your consistency. Measure your consistency. Like that's so so a circling back to the outcome. The outcome is the five pounds. The action are these things that I need to do consistently. We have zero control over whether or not that five pounds hits. We have a hundred percent control over how consistently we do the actions. So then we say, I want to do these three actions consistently until that date I set then you can just say how consistent was it? I want to be at least 80% consistent so over the next 30 days I have to do this action 24 days if I don't do that then I I didn't I, I didn't hit my goal I wasn't I wasn't consistent in my action that was like the biggest takeaway so far in this podcast for me okay good how people like pause that and are like oh that's that because when we make our goals something that we have a hundred percent control over it's super empowering yeah when we make our goals something we have zero percent control over it kind of feels shitty not right? not kind of right like yeah you can sit and pray and hope to lose the 15 pounds all you want but that scale is going to show you whatever the hell that scale wants to show you. And very much like, cause we, we have our clients submit calendars tracking their nutrition with exactly what you're talking about. We want them to be at 80%. So if someone does have 78% by the end of the month, it's not, I passed or I failed. We will say, to them, okay, lay two more X's on the board in the next week. By the end of the week, you're going to be up to 80%. So we, with the, the finish line is not finite, right? We can actually not even get back on track, but we can just continue with more consistency to be hitting that 80% um, eventually instead of being like, oh, well, March was a blur. March was yeah. a write-off. 
Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's consistency uh is the best thing to measure in my in my eyes because it's it's you can you can put an easy metric to it. Last month I was 56% consistent with this task. What do I need to do this month to get to 57% consistent? Right? Like it's it's super, super quantifiable. Uh, and you need to make the goal in that sense, something that you can just say yes or no, I did it or I didn't do it, or else we're leaving too much up to our imagination. We're going to create weird little rules about, well, that day was kind of successful, so I'll check that off, right? It needs to be yes or no, I did it or I didn't do it. <laughs> I have a question for you. Okay. How do you explain the difference between attainable and realistic to people when they ask about SMART goals? Mm, I do attainable or achievable and relevant. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um. So attainable or achievable, meaning that it actually needs to be possible, right? We're not, we're not putting up, we're not, they're not saying you're going to lose 10 pounds in a month. Like it's, it's something that you're like, yeah, if I did these actions consistently, they would have a great impact. They would they would probably get me, if not to that goal, very close to that goal, so that it feels like it's within reach. Like I'm not I'm not going to set a goal of beating a professional athlete at their sport. Like right? you know what I mean? Like it, it has to be something that even if you don't, it's okay to not quite hit your goal, but it has to be within reach. Does That's that awesome. make sense? Yeah, I love it. And actually, I haven't. I haven't heard anyone present smart with the word relevant. So I really like the, sh the shift or switch that you've made. Yeah. Cause I think realistic, like you said, is very similar in some senses to attainable or achievable, but relevant is, is, and relevant is why it's important to you. And, and that's, that's going to change over time too. And I think that has the ability to be the most powerful thing too, right? Because something can be specific and measurable and attainable, but if it doesn't have relevance specifically to you, meaning an emotional tie or, or a big why, um, who cares if you can map out those other things? Yeah. And, and I think, I think an important part with relevance is, is making sure that it still is relevant. And we talk about this a lot. We won't, we won't dive into this fully, but looking at when we set these goals it's okay to change them over time it's okay to reevaluate and be like ah hey, you know what that that's actually not as important to me as it was before but not using that as a crutch or a cop out or an excuse either and just being like ah i didn't do the actions that i thought were important to me but maybe i don't care about losing this weight so you're like oh, i'm good <laughs> that's neat and you know why like Prior to the lesson that you just gave me today about measurements, changing it to consistency, if I evaluated my goals for weight loss, the relevance of losing weight or being a specific number lost relevance for me probably about a month ago. But when I changed the way I wanted to measure it, which is either about consistency or how I feel in my clothing, it became completely irrelevant about the number on the scale. Yeah. The process was still relevant for me. Yeah, yeah, I think most people too that start with us, the importance of weight loss starts off very high and then becomes less important the longer they work with us because the the side effects that come with weight loss become more important, right? 
the energy they're gaining, how they're feeling, how they're moving, the way their clothes are fitting, which all tie back to weight loss. They're still going to lose the weight, but they're going to care less. More, most likely every person who comes through, <laughs> 90% of the time, every time, the people who come through a journey with us are going to care less about the number on a scale at the beginning of their journey than they did at the, or at the end of the journey than they did at the beginning. Yeah, for sure. Okay, time. Um, time bound or timely? Go for it. Uh, just making it have a definitive time. That's that's it for me. Make it, not just leaving it loose and being like, when I get there, I get there. It's cool to have long term goals, but even your long term goals, we should have time bound so that we can we can have like, oh, five years from now, I want to get there. So you can actually reflect after year one. Am I am I am I moving closer to that five year goal? Because if we always just leave it like, oh yeah, five years from now or down the road, I want to get there. It's always going to be five years away, There's right? Hope in your dream. It's hope and a dream and we don't we don't succeed by hoping we succeed by taking action love that this is a great conversation yeah so all just circling back to setting realistic summer goals and expectations whenever you're listening to this um be realistic with yourself you can still no matter when you're listening to this you can still make a shitload of progress before summer during summer by the end of summer but just be realistic with yourself. Don't set yourself up for failure. Getting on that roller coaster one more time is not something that you're going to be happy with. Yeah. I will also say too, for those people who are listening to this and don't know what is realistic, there's no shame in asking, right? Oh, like if I stand in the grocery store lineup for more than 30 seconds, I will have heard about eight celebrities who lost 30 pounds in one week. That is not realistic, probably didn't happen, but we're being fed these ideas of what we could or should expect. And then we go into something like weight loss with completely unrealistic expectations through no fault of our own. Um, so I think reaching out and saying like, hey, this is what I want or what I think I want. Um, could you help me understand if this is a realistic expectation for myself? Yeah. Coaches are happy to have that conversation with you, right? That's not overstepping a boundary. That's us just being able to offer you some education so that you can move forward in a healthy direction instead of like doing something really unhealthy for yourself. For sure. And it, even like I've even covered it in this episode in a negative way. Like we hear the, these numbers, these numbers that always arise in health and fitness, eight hours of sleep, two liters of water, 10,000 steps, five pounds in a month. Um, 2000 calories a day or 1200 calories a day like there's these set numbers that just we just consider the norm even though there is no norm it would be way easier for me to lose five pounds in a month than you right like the, the, but but everybody's like oh yeah you should be able to lose about five pounds a month well why, mm. why should you yeah <laughs> for some people sure but for some people that goal might be too easy if you're 400 pounds, then five pounds in a month is, is going to be crazy easy if you start making lifestyle changes. Yeah. Okay, that's it. I feel appreciate that you go from like super passionate to be like, oh, <laughs> all right, have a great day. <laughs> um, I want to, there's a little trick that I heard recently that I love. I think it's such a smart strategy. 
Um, I talked about it in our Facebook group a while back too. So you can, you can go listen to me talk about this in a video, but all you're going to do for this trick is have a vegetable with every feeding and a fruit after every feeding. Cool. And so what this does is it increases the nutrient panel of what you're eating. You're getting lots of vitamins and, and nutrients because you're, you're pairing it with fruits and vegetables. It's increasing your satiety, how full you are, how long you're full for. And it's limiting you in the sense that you're not going to stuff yourself with pizza knowing that you still have to have a piece of fruit after, right? So you're forcing yourself to leave room for something healthy afterwards and you're forcing yourself to pair it with something healthy so you're not going to go dust a bag of chips with your piece of broccoli so you you have to give your actual feeding some consideration rather than just going off the rails and you're not going to do this for every meal for the rest of your life i think this is i think this is a cool strategy to um to implement maybe like once again 80% of the time or uh, one of these these consistency goals you could set for yourself but it, it really forces you to think instead of mindlessly binge yeah that's awesome and it just to even do for a week to evaluate how you feel and and to gauge fullness because I don't think a lot of people think about fullness like you mentioned so it's yeah. a great challenge and tip yeah yeah you you won't eat till you're stuffed because you have to save room for that fruit and don't worry about fruit fruit's not the enemy um and i know you feel like vegetables with breakfast are weird but you could put veggies in your eggs or you could put spinach in your smoothie you'll find a way if it's important to you <laughs> that's awesome well thank you all right thank, thanks for listening guys wherever you're listening to this right now take a screenshot and share it to your instagram story and tag us in it so that your friends can enjoy this podcast too Appreciate you being here. Have a great day.